with fast funding up to $10,000 available through net credit. Our online application process was designed to get the money you need quickly if approved. You can borrow an amount that meets your needs and repay in a way that works for your financial situation. And we report on-time payments to credit bureaus so you can build credit history as you repay. See what net credit can do for you today. Check your eligibility without affecting your credit score at netcredit.com. All net credit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the net credit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. Hey guys, how you doing? JP Sari Kolia here and welcome again to another episode, this week's episode of H of Heroes, my podcast. Welcome to those who are listening through the different platforms, iTunes, Teacher, Speaker, CastBox, TuneIn, Spotify, and also to those who are watching in YouTube. Welcome and thank you for your support. Now, this week I've been struggling with an ear infection on the left ear. So right now I'm partially deaf. I'm, you know, taking antibiotics and all of that. So hopefully I'll recover my hearing uh, very soon uh, because definitely it's weird not to be able to hear yourself or even hear anything on this side. So forgive me if I'm loud. <laughs> forgive me if I make mistakes even with my speech because hearing is important with the speech. Now, today I want to talk about something that is really important. I think it's been in the conversation online and it's the closure of the PlayStation Store uh, through uh, the PS3, the PS Vita, and PSP. And also some of the things that Nintendo's been doing with Mario, uh, some of the things that they have taken out of their online store. And I want to talk about it because I think it's important to to really discuss it and to emphasize the importance of it. Um, I love gaming. As many of you know, I'm a gamer. And I'm already, I'm already working on some stuff on my gaming channel. Uh, so stay tuned for that. If you don't follow my gaming channel, I will have the link in the description. Follow me there. I'll talk about games. You know, I, I also do live streams. I want to cover some games that I'd recommend from the PlayStation Store that are digital only, and they are going to be lost without any other source of access to it. So I think it's important to to go for them if you're really into those games. I'm going to re- make recommendations. But I'm telling you, I think, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really a bittersweet moment for me because I love the PlayStation uh, as a whole, I love PlayStation. I've been gaming PlayStation since the original PlayStation 1, the PlayStation 2. Uh, but the PlayStation 3 was, for me, a very impactful console. Um, even though I played PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2, I was not really invested into gaming during those years. I've been a gamer all my life since I was a kid. I have played with all the different home consoles from that from since the Atari era. But also in the in the arcades, I love the arcades. I grew up in the '90s in the arcades. Uh, but then, of course, you know, throughout the years, the late '90s, the early 2000s, I was not really too invested into gaming until uh, even when I got married, I wasn't invested on that. And but it was in the early years of my marriage that you know I was looking for things to do, and one of my passions was I started to game. And during those years, I started, you know, looking into some games and I was playing the, the, in this case, the Xbox, the Xbox was the thing, the original Xbox was to me, my favorite console of that generation. I I surpassed the PlayStation 2 and and of course the GameCube, although I played those, I I felt the Xbox, Xbox was my console. So when the, but I wasn't really playing as much per se, but I was playing. Um, But when the PlayStation 3 came, um, for some reason, instead of just going with the Xbox 360, I was still, you know, I'm the type of person that don't really switch right away. I wait like a year. So I waited for that year. I didn't get into the Xbox 360. I didn't see the need of it. 
Um, and I wasn't really playing as much. But then when I get the chance to get a PlayStation 3 and also I needed a Blu-ray player. And actually, that was the cheapest way to get a Blu-ray player during those years. So I got me a PlayStation 3. I got me one of the original PlayStation 3 and 80 gigabyte, one of the original fat versions that was backward comp- was backwards compatible. So I was able to play PlayStation 2 games. And I was hooked. Um, although I wanted an Xbox 360 for some reason. I don't know. I just felt the tantalizing idea of just getting a PS3. So I got the PS3. And man, that thing was a monster of, a, you know, it was a, a heater in the house. It was hot. It was running hot all the time. But it was fun to play with some of those games. And although the Xbox 360 was already, at, you know, moving forward and it was more advanced in some ways, even though the PlayStation 3 architecture was better, the Xbox 360 had better games with better resolution because they were optimized. You know, they were really optimized for the console. A lot of the devs during that time, developers, didn't know how to work the PS3. So that's the reason in the first years of the PlayStation 3, uh, it was really a one-sided battle. You know, the Xbox 360 was the most popular console of the time, particularly here in North America. During those years, I was following different websites. They were doing some head-to-heads. They were doing some comparisons between the Xbox 360 and the PS3. And for the most part, the Xbox 360 was really winning the battle. Because anything that was uh, across the board, games that were coming out multi-platform, they were performing better on the Xbox 360 than the PS3. Of course, that gap was closed by the end of the generation because the PS3 became a monster. It was producing some of the best. First of all, it was producing some of the best uh, exclusive games that you can find. You know, Uncharted, Infamous, and there were so many that were terrific. They were amazing. The Last of Us, all of them, they looked fantastic on the PlayStation 3. And even those games that were coming out now, um, you know, in multi-platform, they were still performing better or they were looking a lot brighter and better on the PS3. Of course, the PS3 was doing a lot better in Japan. It was doing a lot better in Europe than in the United States. But in in North America, uh, definitely there was this battle initially. And of course, the sales were not as great, but ultimately the PS3 was able to close that gap and really overpass what the Xbox 360 did uh, with sales. Of course, they took years for that. But they were really on top of it, little by little. Well, let me tell you this. While we're talking about this, while I'm just sharing this in the podcast, for those who are uh, listening, um, you know, just let you know that I will have some video in the background on YouTube for those who are watching, some gameplay of some of those classic exclusive PlayStation 3 games that I I love, I care about. So I'm going to have some of that just for your entertainment. But going back to what I was saying, I feel that the PlayStation 3 has so much potential. As a console, it was a, a terrific console. I got hooked to it to the point that I was constantly playing on it. I bought a, an Xbox 360 later down the road, I think two years down the road, three years down the road. And I was never really invested, although I was playing some of the classic Halo games and I was playing, of course, Gears of War uh, with my brother and things like that. Uh, but most of, most of my time was spent playing the PlayStation 3. I had so much love for it. And one thing that I love about the PlayStation 3 was the introduction of the PlayStation Store. The PlayStation Store was a way to get a lot of games, uh, digital games only, but also some of the, uh, the, in this case, the games that came with physic- physical copies, but you start having a lot of sales. And sales were a big part of it. I love the sales every week able to purchase a lot of games. Unfortunately, the sales are no longer on the PlayStation 3, but they are now on the PlayStation 4. And to me, that was the opportunity to really play so many different games in so many different uh, genres, whether it was platforming, fighting, which is my favorite one, but also first-person shooters. 
have so 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 many great memories of that time. Also, most of my love, many of the franchises that I love, my love really was strengthened. I started really on the PlayStation Three. For example, Battlefield. Uh, although I did play, but you know, Battlefield, some of Battlefield on the PC. I was never really too much into it until, for, of course, Bad Company Two. I was really invested on it. Then uh, the Battlefield Three on the PlayStation Three. I really love it, even though it's a you know it's a downsize in comparison to the PC. I just love the interaction there. Of course, games like fighting games, the return of the the Street Fighter Four. I love it on the PlayStation Three. I love the controllers. It was a perfect. Uh, the PlayStation Three was a powerhouse when it came about about fighting games. Uh, still, you know, there's so many games that only came out on the PlayStation Three fighting games that you cannot find anywhere else. Great ports, great Japanese ports. Uh, from the con- from the arcades, uh, so you have so much in it, and of course there were other th- classics like Gran Turismo. There were a few of them, although I would say that I was more into Forza on the Xbox and then the Xbox 360, and I still feel that Forza was a much better uh, experience than the the Gran Turismo uh, franchise. Still, Gran Turismo is a phenomenal game, but there were so many games there that started like the Infamous uh, franchise, the Infamous One. I loved that game. I, I spent so much time playing it. Playing on it, and even though it was not the best, uh, still I, I was a big fan. And then, of course, Infamous Two, which was a much better game. To be honest, I haven't really played the you know the last uh, game on the PS4. I haven't even even really started. You know, to be honest with you, I, I think I played a, f- a few minutes of it and then forgot about it, and I need to get back to it. But you know, the originals were to me, I you know, it was amazing the uh, ability to go into this open worlds. Um, it was amazing. And of course, you know, there were other games that also were multi- multi-platform, uh, you know, Red Dead Redemption. The original one, I spent most of my time on the PlayStation 3 than the Xbox 360, although I have both. I just loved it. One of my first-person shooters that, to me, was impactful. And up to this day, I have great memories of it. And I sometimes I feel so bad that it's not here. And the fact that I never was able to record any gameplay because, man, I spent so many hours. I had to... You know, I, I elite that thing so many times. Uh, it started over and over and over again. Uh, it was Mac. Um, Mac was an amazing game. Being able to play with 256 players at the same time. Mac was out of this world. It was, I think, ahead of its time in so many ways. And a lot of people didn't see the potential in it because, of course, you know, a lot of people, um, they didn't understand the way Mac worked. Mac was about a, a team play. Uh, it was all about working with your team and with your squad and really it was the only way to advance you could not be the lone wolf as you can be uh on call of duty for example call of duty can really keep you going it makes you feel like you are this powerhouse of a gamer um and but mac wasn't like that you know one shot and you're dead you know two shots you're dead so it was you had to be tactical and you had to work with your team. And this is the time, of course, where people will start using their headsets and stuff like that more and more on the PS3. It was fantastic. I'm telling you, Mac was the, the type of game that can turn the, you know, the everything in a matter of seconds. You know, you could be winning the entire match for 30 minutes and all of a sudden the last minute, everything turns around because there's a bad decision that has been made. And of course, when you have this amount of people playing, it's, it's chaos all over the place. It was chaos. But to me, it's a, have so many great memories, and unfortunately, Mac didn't make it to the PlayStation Four. There was no, uh, you know, Mac Two, and up to this day, people are still crying out. I seen still, I follow, and I always like these videos on on YouTube where people are always talking about Mac. It seems that there's a, a lot of people out there still 
you know, you know, crying out for a Mac 2 on the PlayStation 4. But of course, now PlayStation 4 is no longer here, but PlayStation 5, perhaps we can get something more. And, you know, for those who do not know, who created Mac is super interactive, who also did SOCOM. And SOCOM was a terrific game that comes from the PlayStation era. And I love SOCOM. And the last game that we got from SOCOM was uh, the PlayStation 3, SOCOM 4. That also had a a lot of those. So, so Mac and SOCOM got a lot of similarities. They were really tough. They were a type of games that you have to be very precise, or you're gonna get killed. Uh, I'm telling you, it was it was a great experience. I really love playing those games. Um, it, it, I just have so many great memories. Uh, it's hard for me to really go back and tell you how many games I truly enjoy. Mass Effect. I I played the whole trilogy on the mass on the PS3. Looking forward to the upcoming game. Now, I want to come to the PlayStation website and the Sony website because I really want to look at this information uh, so we can have some some more understanding of the facts that we have so far. So it is this continual PlayStation apps, features, and services. The PS3, PS Vita, and PSP PlayStation Store closure. According to this, we are closing PlayStation Store on PlayStation 3 consoles on July 2nd, 2021, and on PlayStation Vita devices on 27th of August, 2021. Additionally, the remaining purchase functionality for PSP, PlayStation Portable, will also retire on the 2nd of July, 2021. Now, the features that you will still be able to access, you will still be able to re-download and play previously purchased game titles. So that means that everything you purchase, you can still go back and re-download from the download list. You will still be able to access previously purchased video and media content. Of course, the the video uh, store was closed uh, some time ago, so it's not like you know you can purchase anything else. You will still be able to redeem game and PlayStation Plus vouchers uh, through the PlayStation Three. Of course, you know it, it really passes to the PlayStation Four and Five. You will still be able to re-download and play claim game titles through PlayStation Plus as long as you remain a member of the service. Now, this is the part where I'm a bit conflicted because. Um, to be honest with you, so that means I was hoping that all those PlayStation Plus games will be actually uh, a key will be given. So it will be unlocked from the get go because you don't know if the PlayStation Store will remain forever. You know what happened if at, in 10 years the PlayStation Store goes away? Will you be able to still play them? Because, of course, you need to have that key because automatically this PlayStation um, games that are in the PlayStation Plus they have to have the key. In other you, your in this case, your console has to be always hooked online. So if it's not hooked online, then it doesn't read it, so you cannot have access to it. So I think this is my concern here. I, I, I would, you know, in my opinion, would be that they should just unlock all those games that you purchased for this console, for the older consoles on the PlayStation Plus. Uh, if you are a PlayStation Plus member at the moment of the closure of the store, so I don't know if they're gonna change that because I do feel that that's one part that I'm not totally convinced. Uh, you can still re-download, but many of those games, it doesn't give you... The, that's the sad part of this, is that once you add them to your list of games, you have no access to the functionality. So I feel that that's something that needs to be addressed. Uh, so you don't have the access to purchase those games. So I feel that that's something that needs to be changed. Now, features you will lose access to. You will no longer be able to purchase PS3, PS Vita, and PSP digital content, including games and video content. You will no longer be able to make in-game purchases through games on PS3, PS Vita, and PSP. You will no longer be able to redeem PSN wallet funds, vouchers, gift cards, or PS3, PS Vita, or PSP devices. Once PlayStation Store and purchase functionality for this device is closed, your PSN wallet funds will remain in your PSN account, but you will only be able to use your wallet funds to purchase PS4 and PS5 products on PlayStation Store on the web, a PlayStation app, 
or on PS4 and PS5 consoles. Now, I would say that um, it's self-explanatory, so I don't think it's much information that can be given. I think it's very clear. They're closing the store, so you will not have access to the to purchase anything anymore. You cannot purchase anything. You can still redeem some vouchers. Let's say that you get a, in this case, a game and a gift card past the date. Uh, some some digital um, cards can be bought from different websites. Where there is, uh, I th- I don't know if um, GameStop still does it, but they they used to do it. Maybe Amazon, maybe on eBay, you can get some of those little vouchers. You can still uh, redeem those um, if possible. You know, some have a, a due date, so it depends. So you can access that, but you cannot buy anything. You cannot buy any more DLC, even uh, from the games, because some games allows you to access to the PlayStation Store directly, so you can purchase anything inside those games. You cannot purchase anything. So if you are really looking right now to to get some DLC that you didn't purchase, but you still want to purchase, this is the time to do it. That's something that I've been looking through my list of games that I still have, things DLC that I never purchased that I wanted to purchase, but I forgot about it. So I'm paying attention to all of the. I'm going through all my games, making sure that I have everything is complete because I want to have always the ultimate version of every game, at least what is available. So this is it. You know, you have to do it. Once you purchase those things, once you get those, uh, you have to, um, you can re-download those at any given moment, but you have to do it through your uh, PlayStation download list, which is not the best. It's not the, it's not the most intuitive way to do it through the PlayStation 3 store, for example, on the PlayStation 3, because I'm telling you, it's hard to go through that list. You know, when you look at my list, you're talking about thousands and thousands of things that I purchased there. I had spent so much money on the PlayStation store, and the list includes not only the PSP, the PS Vita, the PlayStation 3, and the PlayStation, includes everything, and everything is on the dates that they were purchased. So, I don't know. It's been what? You know, the PlayStation came out, the PlayStation 3 came out in 2006. So it's been so many years of stuff that I have purchased over the years. I purchased stuff almost every week. You know, sometimes more than just one thing. I purchased a lot of things. So there's a lot of stuff there. And going through all that list day by day, trying to find the things that you need. So I would say this is the time that it's easier to go to the store and back up everything as you can. I do recommend people also to back up the stuff. You know, all the information, all the stuff, just in case if they decide in the end just to shut that, also that functionality at some point, at least you have it. Because this is what happened with Nintendo with the Wii. You know, they allow you to download some stuff. They allow you to purchase. They close the store and then they close the ability to download or re-download some stuff. So once they close that thing, uh, the the Wii shop, there was no way to go back to it. So I, I would say the same thing if you are right now still on the Nintendo, on the Wii U, you have to also do the same thing. Because they're going to close it at some point. They're going to do the same thing with the Xbox 360. Still open. The stores are open uh, on those two, on the and the Wii U and the 360. Um, but the good thing about, I would say, about the, the Xbox 360 and Xbox in general is that they have, a, they have really managed this in a better way. Where many of these games are also, you are available to access the store on the ability to download a lot of stuff through the Xbox uh, Series X, you know, the most recent Xbox, all of those Xbox are able to download that because some of those games are playable there, which is something that, to be honest with you, I'm still butthurt about, butthurt about it because I do feel that um, PlayStation has missed that one big time. The, there's no backwards compatibility, at least the one that we really care. 
Um, no way to access many of these games unless you go to PlayStation Now. And to be honest, I tried PlayStation Now a couple of times. I never, I was never convinced. I didn't really. First of all, you don't own those games. Whether even the digital access to it, you don't even download them to your system. So to me, it's like I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want to stream these games because the functionality is just terrible. It's not up there yet. It's not to the place where we can say, "Well, this is the way to go." So I would say that that's just dumb. You know, not being able to access many of these games, even if they're not backwards compatible, even if you don't have that access, but allowed to sell some of those classic games. And some people are saying that this is a functionality that is coming with the PS5. There's some news. There's some information out there. We don't know yet until we get official information. But not being able to access. These games is terrible. I think it was a really poor decision by uh, by PlayStation not to give you that access from the get-go. And it really sends the wrong message. I think the most important thing, you know, I love the PlayStation 3. And I feel that, yes, I spend most of my time now in the PlayStation 4. I haven't purchased a PS5 yet. I love the PlayStation 4. But I still want to go back. In the last few days, because everything that happened, all the news, I, I've been playing some games. Even the game, the, the gameplay that you're watching right now in YouTube is gameplay that I just played recently. I decided to record. And I was having a lot of fun with it. I, I really find that there's a lot of treasure still on the PlayStation 3. Not only the, the fact that you get all these games, the PlayStation gave us through the store, the access to some games are hard to get by nowadays. A lot of PlayStation 1 games... That you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of dollars, so you want to get a physical copy. Good thing about the PlayStation 3 is that you're able to play a lot of these PlayStation 1 games uh, direct from the disc. It, it's backward compatible with that, not with the PS2. Only, of course, some of the original uh, consoles that came out on the PS3 were able to do it, but the rest, uh, the Slim and the Super Slim, they didn't have that capacity. And some of the fat also consoles didn't have the capacity. So, you know, you know this is the thing, you know. You know, the PlayStation 3 allows you to digitally get these games, which it was a great option to access and to preserve these games and to introduce them to a newer generation that never got the chance to get those games. So not being able to use that functionality to access these games is really, it's bad. It's sad because some of these games, they still need to be preserved. Not only that, I had different accounts and I had a Japanese account and I did that because there were a lot of games that were only available in Japan that were not available at the PSN North American store and I was able to get a lot of PS2 games PS1 games that I you know they were very weird and different but also some other just classic you know PS3 games that were only there and you have to import the physical copy so sometimes it was cheaper just to get that digital copy and it was easy access to him so I would say that that was the one of the greatest aspects of that, um, the ability to really play games in different regions because it was region free. You know, it was unlocked pretty much for all regions as long as you have a copy. So it really allows you to play all these games and really see uh, uh, from the other side of the continent, uh, from the other side of the world to see what other people were doing and playing in other parts of the world. That was a good thing. And I really love that act, uh, that ability that the PlayStation 3 gave us. And um, th that ability is still necessary up to this day. I feel that this is something that brings a lot of confusion and in some ways also disappointment with PlayStation. I am disappointed with it because I feel that PlayStation is not really listening. It's more concerned about the numbers. I'm okay for them. You know, what they're trying to do is just saying for you not to have access so they can redo these games again and again and again and sell them again. However, I want to mention this. I understand why they're doing it. Nintendo's doing the same thing. We're going to talk about Nintendo in just a moment. 
But um, at the same time, it comes across as really underhanded and it comes across as really um, greedy from the company. You want to present yourself as a company that cares for the consumers. And I think that's what the Xbox has done and has done a better job on it by accessing all these games. In reality, they're not making any money from. And many of these games from different developers, they already closed doors. You know, in reality, they're just getting real little royalties or little money out of it. But now uh, having them as a free access or the access to them through the Xbox store and all of that really gives the the possibility and the opportunity for a lot of gamers to play them and pay for them as well. And really it's easier and it's better that way. Um, but the PlayStation, it's like they want, they want to repackage everything once again for the next generation. If they do it, not all the games are going to make it through only the big games, only the games that per- perhaps they have a history, but there's a lot of tiny games, a lot of indie games, a lot of small games that perhaps didn't have the big cult following or the big, you know, love for all the masses, but they were still loved by some people. And I think they still are great games that need to be discovered at some point. And some games at some point, they become more popular than when they came out for the first time, they become cult classics. So I feel that that's something that needs to be addressed. Now I want to talk about Nintendo because also Nintendo is on hot waters. And for that reason, I'm here at Collider at the website. And I will have the link in the description for those who want to read the, the article it says Super Mario 3D All-Stars, another Nintendo items unavailable after today. So these items have been delisted, these games. Nintendo is taking Super Mario 3D All-Stars off of its online store today, along with a lot of other Nintendo goodies. All the special products released by Nintendo last year to celebrate the Super Mario Brothers 35th anniversary will be gone for good after today, meaning this is your last chance to pick up these titles. The main game that will disappear from Nintendo Line store after today is Super Mario 3D All-Stars. It's already gone. A special collection for the Nintendo Switch with remasters of Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. There's still a chance to get a physical copy of the game after today if stock is still available at stores. But since this was a limited edition collection, the sooner you grab your copy, the better. The same goes for the Game & Watch Super Mario Brothers, a limited edition Game Watch game with both the original Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels. Super Mario Bros. 35, a free game that allowed 35 players subscribed to Nintendo Online to compete in the original game's levels, is also being pulled. Nintendo discontinued Super Mario Bros. 35, serving after today. And even players who already had downloaded the game won't be able to play it anymore, which is really sad. Super Mario Bros. 35 will live only in our memories from now on. Nintendo is also shutting down online service for, other, uh, for the original Super Mario Maker, making this a sad day for Super Mario fans. But it's not just Mario games are going offline today. As Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and The Blade of Light will also be leaving the Nintendo Online store today. The game celebrates the 30th anniversary of Fire Emblem and marks the first localization and release of the game in North America. Nintendo justified the discontinuity of the services as a way to make Super Mario Bros. 35th anniversary more special. While this makes sense for limited edition and collector's items, Fans are not too happy about this decision, also encompassing long-awaited remakes of classic games. As you can see, Nintendo is not getting things right either. Um, and the, the part is this. This game's uh, the 30th anniversary collection just came out less than a year ago, a few months back. And of course, right now with the COVID-19 um, you know, problem that we have in the world, a lot of people don't even get the chance to go to the store or some stores are not even open, so the access to a lot of these things is not as easy in comparison to, you know, anything before it, before COVID-19. 
So a lot of people didn't have that opportunity to even get it. And you know, you know how it is. Is the Christmas season two, the Game and Watch came out. As you oh, if you know Nintendo, they never really give uh, the stores enough amount just to go around. They just give just you know a few. And in many ways, they create this bubble. So people are looking for the stuff necessarily because they care about it because there's no access to it. And that's how they they sell. That's something that Nintendo has always been infamous for doing. And to me, it's it's a really a bad business practice. But that's why they do it. That's the way they they get away with it. Uh, for some reason around the world, they get away with it. Uh, it's something they have done for years. The scarcity, you know, you produce the scarcity. This idea that there's something that is rare to find, and of course, we have to realize and we have to keep in mind that COVID has a really hurt the industry, uh, the manufacturing industry. So it's not like they have access to it. But still, up to this point, it's hard to find a lot of these products. You know, the PS5s, for example, is hard to find. The the new Xbox is hard to find. Um, there's no access to it. And Nintendo does the same thing with the products. So this collection came out. Many of these games, of course, are really old, and you can play, play these games in other consoles. But it was the access to being able to play it on the Switch that people really wanted it, and it was an, you know something that people wanted to have. Now it's gone, and many of those games are going out. Fire Emblem, for example, is the first time in many years to celebrate the 30th anniversary that these games were localized. So that means that they have English subtitles and you know English language, and they're gone. And there's no explanation why, whether it's a licensing problem or whatever. But this is the part where people get conflicted because things come out just for a few months just to go away forever. That's something that, and be the listed, you know, not being able to access in any other form or format. Those are the things that really gets people upset. And I got to be honest with you, you know, really, really thinking about the whole process, the whole thing. Uh, as I mentioned in this podcast, you know, early on, I love the PlayStation. I love Nintendo. It doesn't mean that they fully understand what customers want. At the same time, we need to keep things in perspective. You know, these are Japanese companies, and they they do operate differently than uh, North American Western companies in so many ways. Um, because, you know, when you think about Xbox, you know, it's a Microsoft company that is based in North America. They do have a different approach to business. You know, it's about, you know, being consumer friendly. This is the idea that we have in North America, and that's how they do it. That's the reason why you have backwards compatibility, because that's what customers want. And they want to give, it's not, they invest money. It's not like they're making a ton of money on it, but they do it because that's what they want. And that's how they are able to sustain themselves as a business and becoming user friendly. And to be honest with you, I don't have a new Xbox, but I am a subscriber to Xbox uh, Live or the the thing on the PC, I forgot how they call it, but I'm really an ultimate subscriber. So that means that I can play games on the PC. I play all the games that are coming out on the PC. I love that. I love that. And I don't have to have an Xbox, although I want to get one very soon. And I still have my Xbox 360, so I'm able to play those 360 games online as well. You know, I have this Xbox 360 for a while, and I've been playing it too. So I'm telling you, it's just the, the idea to be able to access those games freely or being able to go back and play those games or even that they are available at the store gives us peace of mind. And I feel that in that end, the Japanese companies, they operate in a different way. Um, They want to rehash things. And I'm not saying that it's bad all the time because I love those remasters that PlayStation has done with many games on the PlayStation 4 remastered from the previous generation. I love the remasters. I, I play them. So that means that I've been playing the Uncharted on the original hardware, which is the PS3, on the PS4, I love them. I play so many of these remasters, and it's, it, I'm not against it. 
But there are games that they will not be remastered, and there are games that we're still waiting for a remaster. Uh, one of them that is coming that people were clamoring for a long time is Mass Effect, of course. I mentioned it, and I'm looking forward to that game. Um, but there are other games that you know are going to disappear, fully disappear, and they're not coming back because, to be honest, it's only it's a handful of players or gamers that have fun memories. And the way Sony and Nintendo approach a lot of these ways, of course, is the way that they want to people to still spend money. And to be honest with you, it's not about the spending part because I'm okay spending money. I'm okay to buy these games that I've purchased several times before. I have games that I play on several consoles. I have games that I've purchased in almost every available digital store. I purchase over and over and over, whether it's physical, whether it's digital. I have many of them. I have no problem with doing so. I just want to play that game in that particular console. And it's not that. It's not the fact that, you know, it's not that we're trying to be cheap about it. it. We just want to give our money to. We want to buy the stuff. But we want to have that access that, unfortunately, the PlayStation 5 or the PlayStation 4 so far didn't have. Not being able to buy those PlayStation 1 classics. Not being able to buy the PS2 classics. Not being able to buy some of those minis. Even though the minis, nobody really cared much about it. It's still there. There are a lot of games there. PSP games, PS Vita games. And right now, PlayStation doesn't have an option to have any type of portable device, you know, without, you know, PS Vita, they're still producing a lot of games on the store. They're still getting a lot of indie games, fantastic games. The PlayStation Vita, even though die in America, has survived in Japan, and it has grown in a way in North America. People love the, the, the console because they're able to access the Japanese games. Now it's gone, and they're still, their developers are still producing games for the Vita. What's going to happen to those? They're going to end up going into the Switch or any other console. You know, it is really sad in so many ways, this tactic and very, um, it's, you know, it's a tactic that it, to be honest with you, is so greedy from PlayStation to do that, you know, really to push developers to produce only for their console instead of just for, you know, even the, the Vita, just because they're not making any money out of the manufacturing of Vitas. But, you know, this is the part where, where else this can go? You know, this is another thing where a lot of these games end up, the, the, a lot of these de developers, they end up producing uh, this type of games for mobile, which gives more money to mobile. And it's sad, you know. I, I, you know, the Switch is a terrific console, one that I still need to purchase, and I've been waiting for the Pro version that supposedly is coming. Uh, but, you know, it's where all this are going. But at the same time, you know, there are other games on the, the Switch that you have no access that, for example, that you were able to access through the, the, uh, through the Wii, through the Wii U, that don't have any access there. In this case, uh, you know, classic SNES games, even Sega Genesis games, all those, you know, type of older consoles that, you know, they they come in multiple ways. But still, the ability to just buy them is something that I think is tantalizing and it's exciting and people want. Not coming to the end of the podcast because I've, I've been rambling about all of this because it's a bit frustrating and disappointing, uh, to be honest with you, to, to see that that the history, a big part of our history, it's kind of being pushed back just to access to other things. And I know many gamers would come and say, well, you know, I'm, and, and I've seen those comments. People say, well, I don't care about older games because nobody plays older games. Even the, the president of PlayStation said that at some point, that nobody, everyone, everyone wants backwards compatibility, but no one really plays it, which is really stupid to say, you know, because I think he sees it from one perspective of maybe in the numbers of people are not really playing as much as they claim to do. But I don't think it's just the fact of playing. I think it's the fact of owning. People want to have that idea that, or at least that peace of mind that they can access something regardless of the time. 
of course, stores have to close. You know, not everything stands forever. Not everything was built to, to last forever. That wasn't the promise of the PlayStation Store on those consoles. But to me, the ability to go back to this console, what I've been doing in the last couple of days, going back to this uh, PlayStation 3 that I haven't really used in a long time, and being able to access all those older games and, and, and seeing that some games they have hold so well and still hold well up to, up to this point. And being able to play PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 games there, it's something so refreshing. It's, it's a feeling of history that you go back in history and, you know, do certain things that, you know, brings those memories from things that you played years, years ago. And being able to play them now in this console is something great. Yes, I love the new experiences that a lot of these new games are producing. I spend a lot of time playing new games on my PS4 or my PC. But to be honest with you, there's something so emotional. And this this attachment that we have to some of these classic games that never goes away. And when people tell me, well, you know, I'm the type of person that I don't care. Once I finish a game, I move to the next game and I move on like that. It's fine. But I, most of the time, this comment comes from people that are very young. And in my opinion, they don't have as much experience as I do, other gamers do, that we have grown with many of these games from many generations. And to us, it's about nostalgia. It's all about nostalgia. So they say that now, you know, they're playing these games, loving these games. They really attach themselves to these games. Tell me the same thing in 10 years, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. Are you going to say the same thing? Because the games that you're enjoying now, in 30 years, you're going to have fun memories and you're going to have the nostalgia about it. So people that say always that, they say it from the perspective of someone that is young that hasn't had the opportunity to play many games in their lifetime. But I've been through the generations of games. I've been through since the Atari era, through the SN, the NES, the SNES, you know, the Sega Genesis, all the different Segas. You know, I've been through all the generations, the Nintendo, um, GameCube, the Xbox, the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, all of them. You know, it's, it's hard to really remember the PC engine, all of them. I've been a big, important part of my life. And I feel that really being able to access these things in, in different ways, in different formats, is always something so good. And I feel that this is something that the PlayStation needs to reconsider because the way they do it, they just push it out the door. It's like, we don't care anymore. It's just time to move on. It's like telling, it's like telling you, you need to move on. But you're still there. Uh, this is the point. I feel that this is like a relationship where people are telling you always, oh, you know, you know, your marriage didn't work, so you need to move on. You know, your job didn't work out, so you need to move on. You know, it's easier to say that because you're not the one in the middle of it. But the truth of the matter is a lot of people feel such attachment to a lot of these things that it's important to always, you know, to be respectful of that feeling. Because ultimately, as a company, you're making money of the people that have nostalgia for your products. And if you're not giving them something, at least something to hold on to, that makes them feel like they are wanted and they love and appreciated for their business, then people are going to simply go to the competition. Yes, PlayStation is still a stronghold, is still a powerhouse when it comes about products. They still produce exclusives. But life is more about exclusives. You know, there's a lot of games that I have. I, have, there, I buy almost every game that comes out that is a big, you know, blockbuster game. And many of the games I don't even touch. I don't even touch. You know, I have a lot of games that I still haven't even finished on the PlayStation 4. I have games that I didn't finish on the PlayStation 3. But the games that I do have a lot of attachment have been games that have been out for 30 years. More than that, some of them. You know, games that have been out for a long time. And my attachment it was built on those games. To the point that I care more about them than, you know, big blockbuster games. It's just the way it is. And I feel that in that, I think PlayStation and Sony, and this, well, this PlayStation and Nintendo 
need to really rethink their strategy. Uh, they need to think about how they're going to approach it for, for this new generation that now we're part of. Are they going to do the same thing with the PlayStation 5? Of course, we have. I read some articles where they're saying that they are actually introducing methods uh, and they're actually uh, doing certain things in order to make compatibility an option there, which is good news. But I, I wish we had more news instead of just simply closing this, get it out of the window, just to go through other ways of doing it through this console. So and the problem with that also is the fact that even though they're going to bring some games, they're not going to bring everything. They didn't do that with the on the in the PlayStation 3. Uh, the stuff that they brought from the PlayStation 1 era or the PlayStation 2 era, it wasn't not, it wasn't everything. And the same with the Xbox 360, they didn't they didn't have everything, you know? And there's something that we have to always keep in mind that in the process of changing from one generation to the other, there are things that are going to just fall through the cracks. Their games are going to fall through the cracks. And unfortunately, unless Unless there are people that are invested in preserving the history of them and preserving one way or the other, where there's through emulation, is the only way. And that's another thing that we need to talk at some point. You know, this is opens the door. You know, in this case, Sony and, and Nintendo have always been battling, uh, you know, all this piracy and emulation and all of that. But they're opening the door for it. Because now that there is gone, pretty much these consoles are going to be open, you know, fully for you to do whatever you want to do and emulate and not buy anything. At least through the store, it gave an option to developers and companies to still get paid for those games. So it is just a matter of perspective. Um, disappointing. Hopeful, at least. you know, Because I want to be clear with this. I'm still a firm believer that digital is the way to go. And it has a future. As long as it's done right. As long as it is done properly. As I would say Xbox is doing. I think that can really give a, a better message to gamers that they feel that they are appreciated. They're part of a community. They're part of something that is important. And I think PlayStation has done some good things. And the PlayStation 3 era, for example, we have PlayStation Home. And there are uh, gamers right now that they're trying to bring that back and they're working on it. I saw a video from IGN. Terrific, you know, guys doing something amazing because I spent a lot of time on PlayStation Home, which didn't translate to the PlayStation 4, which is unfortunate because it was a fantastic uh, place to meet people, to engage with other people. And I do have memories for that as well. So I would say that this is something, again, that I feel that they need to reconsider and rethink the strategy because ultimately, at the end of the day, regardless of what it is or regardless of how we take it, it's all about the gaming part. It's all about gaming. It's all about preserving the history of gaming and how we got here. And, you know, they can make money out of it too. If they are willing to take the time, they're willing to open the door create some part of the store because I don't think it's a problem for them to emulate PlayStation 1 on PS5. There's no problem. It's just the unwillingness to do it because I don't know what plans they have. They haven't really shared that information. They're always so lip tight about it, you know, and I think it's important for them to be more open to let us know exactly what is the plan because there are still options out there and people still want to go back through nostalgia and nostalgia is a big part of business in every aspect as you can see if you're watching my video here all these books that i have many of these stories are 30 40 some of them are 50 60 years old in this comics and i'm telling you people still go back and in this case this the companies the publishers still are publishing uh in collections of them because people want the people are uh, you know always crying out for them they want it more they want to read more and new audiences are able to access this now so I feel that in gaming, we haven't had that opportunity as much. So I, I think that it's important for gamers to have access to this collection what way, where there is no emulation, where there's no piracy, but in a, in a legal way. And I feel that the door is there. The opportunity to make money is there. It's just a matter for the companies to really take the hint and act upon it instead of just thinking about the 
just whatever they can make right now out of whatever is out, whatever they're producing at the moment. But that is just my opinion, of course. You know, I, I want to hear yours. Uh, I once again, I want to say thank you for supporting um, my channel, uh, this podcast. Thank you for uh, being kind uh, through the process. I know that I haven't really done a lot of podcasts since last year. I started again, and we're going to have a lot of stuff in this channel. I want to talk about a lot of things, whether it's gaming, collectibles. Uh, I've tried to change the format in ways where we're going to have interviews, uh, me talking to other people as well. So we'll see. You know, there's a lot of opportunities. Um, let me know how you feel about the podcast. Let me know what things you would like to talk about, me to talk about. And if you are interested in being part of it too, it would be my pleasure to to share the, the space with anyone that wants to talk, that wants to, you know, talk about the things that we care about. Whether there is here in gaming, whether it's talking about comics, whether it's talking about collectibles, movies, you know, animation, all of that. There's so much stuff out there in, fa in, in, the, in the world of entertainment and the fandom world. And man, I'm, a, I'm passionate about it. I'm always passionate about it. My friends, God bless you. Take care. Have a great day. And I'll talk to you again. Bye-bye.